Welcome back to another week in the books. This is Easy and PK Talk Fantasy Football. This week we've got an exciting interview from our commissioner John Nelson joined us. First, Easy and I wanted to recap last week and maybe preview this week a little bit. Easy, tell us about what happened in our league this last week. This last week, I know I was bragging about the T-Jaxes, but finally our streak has been broken. Josh did beat Joey. The other three teams did win, but Josh did beat Joey, which was expected. Just Josh has probably one of the two or three best teams in the league. We had some close games. Jim Nelson almost got his first victory, but Bob just beat him out on Monday night with Dak Prescott. Those are the big takeaways for me from last week i don't know what do you have i thought that the game against josh and joey was gonna be a close one it ended up being not as close as we thought josh ended up with 178 points and joey 146 we're on the territory of almost one of the best fantasy teams we've had and i'm saying that very obviously because i'm hoping it's a jinx and that he goes on a ridiculous losing streak because I am in his division. But we are on the territory, or in the territory, I should say, of one of the best ever fantasy teams through the first six weeks. He now has three consecutive weeks in a row, if I do believe, of the top points scored in the league. The banana stand, he likes to throw in some arrested development <laughs> jokes into his team names, so... The banana stand is currently dominating the Ponder division. He's got a three-game lead. Nope, two-game lead, sorry, over Bob and a three-game lead over me. And it looks like he's going to run away with that division. And anyway, I get and to also, play him next week, so that I'm just really looking forward to that. Yay. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, we can, we can get him when the, the Miami Dolphins go on a bye. Then there we I think go. He'll be, yep. We'll be able to shoot at him at least. If we hit him, that's the, that's the other question. I was actually looking at his team this week, and he does have about four guys on by, so I have a slight chance of beating him. A slight chance. Well, please do so. I need to make up some ground. I'll, yeah. I'll do it for you. Awesome. And Jim was very close to getting up his first win. He is now still winless in the league. I have to say that I personally have started 0-6 before and have broken the egg. So I don't think we're in critical territory yet. But for those listeners out there who might not know, that there is a league bylaw that if you go winless through the entire season, regular season, you are relegated from the league. You are kicked out and we replace you with somebody who is not in the league. So... We are almost halfway through the season, and Jim still does not have a win. He fortunately plays me this week, and my team is awful, it turns out, and I can't seem to get a wide receiver to do anything. Uh, this week, one of my wide receivers went out in the first quarter. Debo didn't make the full game. I I was looking today. The top teams in the league, John, 5-1, and one, yourself, 5-1, and one, Aaron Bavacco, 4-2, and two. Adam five and one and Josh five and one. You all have one or two top ten wide receivers, and that's the difference maker right now. I have been trying to draft a number of years. One of my focuses is, if you looked at all my first round picks over the last five years, is to get a wide receiver 
and hopefully develop that wide receiver into a top 10 wide receiver. And that is, I think, why my team has slowly been regressing over the last couple of years, because the guys that I've been drafting just aren't turning up like I thought they would be. And it's been a long time since I had a number one wide receiver. That's, I think, the difference maker in this league is do you have one or two of those top wide receivers that can keep you competitive every week, especially now that we've unfortunately devalued the quarterback position because I used to have, well, I still have Patrick Mahomes and he's having a down year as well. So he's not doing me any favors, but we've devalued the quarterback position. Now the wide receiver premium position is certainly one that you need to focus most of your team around these days. So fortunately for Jim, he plays me this week. Unfortunately for him, both of his quarterbacks are on a bye. I looked this morning. So he is looking at not fielding a quarterback this week. So I wonder how he's going to work that one. In case you're listening out there, Jim, I do have two quarterbacks on my team. One's on a bye and one is Trey Lance. So those two are available for you this week if you want to beat me with my (laughs) own players. Do you have any thoughts on that? If I was a betting man, which I am, I'd put all my money on you. (laughs) Oh, you are so kind. You are. What a what a co-pilot you are. Yeah. I love this. Yep. Thank you. Yep. As long as you don't get any of those mid-game injuries, those just absolutely kill you because, you know, if mm. they go down in the first quarter, there's absolutely nothing you can do, and that's zero points the rest of the way for you. It's pretty much just like starting a guy on a bye. I know, and that's what happened with Debo. He had, like, one yard on a run. Yeah, you, you survived. Uh, CMC went down, didn't finish the game. Hopefully he's able to get healthy. And that's the thing. The 49ers don't play until Monday night, so we yep. won't know if they'll play or not on until Monday afternoon. So I don't even know if I can start Debo with confidence this week. So that's why I've got some plan Bs and Cs and Ds here lined up for Jim. Do you have a chance to preview this week's games yet? As far as our fantasy games... Yes. Um, I haven't had a chance to view many of them just because I'm so caught up with me and Josh. I'm trying to figure out any which way to beat them. So as far as the fantasy aspect, I haven't really looked at it, but I looked at the uh, NFL schedule, and there's two games on there that are very appealing to me. One, the Lions play the Ravens which I think that will tell us a lot about the Lions. And I heard on TV earlier this morning that Coach Harbaugh of the Ravens came out and said, kind of ballsy of him, he came out and said that his team is the best team in the AFC. So that one I will be very much looking forward to. Yeah, two first-place teams there. The Lions first place in the NFC North, and the Ravens are first place in the AFC North with the Steelers and the Browns and the Bengals. And then the other game Sunday night, which should be really good, is the Dolphins playing the Eagles. Ooh, yeah, that Both is a, five and one. That is a tasty matchup. Should be a track meet. Yeah, unfortunately for you, since you're playing against Tyreek and, yeah. and Tua. Josh has Tyreek and Tua, and I have Hertz, Goddard, and Jake Elliott, whoever the kicker is. 
So it, it could, yeah, ours it will most likely, a lot will be determined by that Sunday night game. So that's, you know, that's what I'm looking forward. How about you? Yeah, I'm looking forward to your game against Josh. Looking at it right now, it says that, well, Josh is the number one team in the league right now, and you're the number three team. And you have one of the closest margins of difference in points. I know that there is a lot of, things to go here we we got waivers to to sort out this week and last minute lineup changes but josh is number one you're number three so that that is a um a heavyweight matchup at the top of the league this week all the other matchups it's uh me versus jim as i mentioned john versus jake teagues versus joey we've got shunk versus bob Getchel versus bavakwa the battle of the errands we'll call that the Aaron bowl the and bowl. Quick shout out to Aaron Bavakwa, four and two. I think that's a sneaky, surprising four and two so far this year. I After would have to being, agree. You agree with that? I he's an expansion team only three years ago. He's been doing a lot of trading, especially with Shunk and other teams, to really sort out and have a clear vision of what he wants his team to be. And I think that four and two is a sneaky. And he's done it all the while being in a good division. I agree. If you guys don't be careful with yourself, I could see him sneaking into the second playoff spot between you and John. And and Joey is certainly a team that has a lot, especially after the trade he made this week. Uh, He's got Kelsey and Eckler now, and he still couldn't manage to beat Josh. I am so glad that trade was made because I was going up against Teague's. And if he still had Eckler and Kelsey, I don't know where our scores would have ended up, but it would have been very close. After that trade here that last week, it appears as though Teagues has started to throw up the white flag for the season. He's got his one win, and he's acquiring draft picks. And We might have to get him on the show to kind of see what his vision is here for the rest of the season, but it appears as though he's signaled his intent to rebuild have you had a chance to look at his the draft picks that he has? I have not. They but... are they are numerous, and they has he has many number ones over the next three years. He is gonna as long as he doesn't miss on too many, he's gonna be able to build a very good team. Yes, he has one next year in twenty twenty four, but in twenty twenty five he has four first round picks, and in twenty twenty six he has two first round picks. That is a great way to rebuild, and if Kyler Murray comes back healthy, do you remember that Teague's actually almost won the division last year, and he tied me for the highest record on division and only lost on point differential, and I won the division, and and we played each other, I think, first round of the playoffs as well. So he was a top team last year and has fallen considerably since then and has now traded away two of his marquee pieces for draft picks. He's obviously got a vision that he's trying to make a reality. Which good for him. If he has a bad record right now, trading away a guy like Kelsey who doesn't have many years left in him, at least you wouldn't think he does, all good for him. He knows he's on the right track. Yeah, and he's a, he's a smart owner for sure. He's built his team up to that very good record last year, and he's been sniffing around the top of the division for a while. So he knows what to do with those picks certainly well i think we should talk to everybody about our interview with john we were able to get john 
in a three-way call recently, and we had a nice little sit-down and talked to John. How did you feel that went? I feel it went great. It was great getting his thoughts on the beginnings of the league, how it's progressed, where he sees it going. He's a very insightful commissioner, open to new things. I really don't think we could have a better commissioner. I I agree. He's steered this group in the right direction. And as we talked about in our conversation, has had to make a, a couple of really tough decisions in order to keep the group happy and moving in the right direction. And so without further ado, I think we should kick it on over to our interview with the commissioner, John Nelson, and we will end our podcast after that interview. So thank you all for listening this week, and we look forward to bringing you an update at the mid-season next week. Until next week, adios. All right, sounds good, E. Have a good one. All right, see you, Pat. Welcome back to Easy and PK Talk Fantasy Football, and we have a special guest on today, uh, one of the original members and the creator and a commissioner of the league, John Nelson, is on the line. Say hello, John. Hi, guys. Pleasure to be here joining you guys as your first special guest. Oh, we're very excited to have you as well, and to be honest, this podcast is very much uh, because of you, because you pretty much challenged me and Elliot to to create a podcast and without the league and without your challenge I don't think we would all be here today. Elliot what would what would you think about that? The league definitely would not be here today I would say and as far as this podcast goes we probably never would have thought of even doing it until John mentioned it and we're definitely glad you did because we're having a lot of fun doing it and uh, hopefully people are having fun listening to it. I'm so glad to hear that. I mean, Pat, with your annual posts starting written way back when and switching over to your videos as you've gotten more advanced with school and Elliot's always been kind of that data guy and he started smattering into things. You just seem like a perfect marriage for a podcast. We're really excited to bring it and my students have always told me multiple times, Mr. Colmey, you should start a podcast and I just laughed at them. I guess they were right. Well, let's, uh, let's start firing some questions at John. We've got our first guest, and uh, my, I'll go first, John. I'm thinking back to the original beginning of the league. What do you remember about the beginnings of the league? What, what was your idea? What, where was it? Your feelings, if you can remember back that far. The league started as a way for that I wanted just our friends to be able to stay connected. We just graduated from St. John's. And we had all gone to various cities, really. And I wanted a, some kind of thing that would tie us still together, aside from just friendship. Um, I started playing fantasy football um, only a couple of years before that, actually, the sophomore year of college with high school friends. And it was such a, a cool way to stay connected with them. And I wanted to do something similar for us as college friends um, to be able to have that kind of key thread um, the first draft was held in Joey and my apartment in Rochester. Um, one of the things that stands out for me selfishly is because I was really excited about this. Before the draft, I put in everyone's draft positions in sealed envelopes and hid them underneath the seats all around my apartment. 
And so people, when they sat down for draft time, unknowingly were choosing their draft positions. And uh, when we said, okay, this draft is going to start, everyone look under your seat and pull out the envelope. That was the position for the draft that they received. That's funny. I don't remember that particular detail, but I'm not surprised that you pulled some sort of random shenanigans like that. <laughs> that's what makes you a good commissioner, I'd say. That, that sounds pretty cool. Did you ever think the league would still be going on, you know, to, you know, 2023 here now from when it started back in, what, 07? Think that? No. Hoped that? Yes. Again, it was that, that way to try to, to keep us together. And I won't say, claim that the league has been the sole successful piece for that, but it gives us a common thread. I know when we get together, it's always a, a place of conversation. I mean, honestly, if it wasn't for this, I don't know that I would be talking to Josh, for example. Um, our paths just don't normally cross. So this is just a, a great way to have those kinds of things. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really, really pleased that it, it does still exist and seems to be going pretty strong and that it's, you know, helped us all have that, that connection um, and, and still we're working to continue to just make it fun. I'm having a great time. I always have. It's one of the highlights of my like August through December. And I don't know about you two, but once that last game happens in the regular season, I just walk around lost on Sunday. My phone just doesn't get picked up because I'm not <laughs> checking, checking scores or lineup changes or or making those last minute decisions on who to start and who to sit. Thoughts? Do you guys feel the same way? Yes, it's while it's on, while football season is going on, it is life seems so much better, which is sad to say, but it it's the truth for me. I don't know. I just absolutely live for it. Live for fantasy football. Love trash talking with you guys. It's it's a blast in every which way possible. I always laugh at the end of every fantasy football season. Uh, because it seems like there's just a fatigue, like everyone works so hard watching games, getting their teams ready, positioning things. And then, you know, December, January, just people are like, don't talk to me. I just want a, a break from fantasy football. And that kind of goes until maybe when like combine stuff starts going. And especially once we get back to NFL draft, you start seeing trades coming through and and people starting to reconnect, and then it all just kind of ramps up to the season. But I, I love it all, and it's it's always fun and something that I look forward to, and I'm, I'm glad that it is kind of a hobby throughout the, the year for people. Well, John, tell us about kind of the, the league format, I guess, because you were the original idea maker, and kind of talk about how it is today. I mean, it's gone through a couple of iterations. Yeah, we've, we've gone through a lot of changes both structurally for the league and philosophically of what the league was about. You know, Pat, you asked, why did I start it? It was to, to kind of try to keep our friendship group and have us have that thread. You know, I, I talked to a couple people about this, and I know at least it's true for me that the league has become less of kind of that lifeline for all of us. Um, I think after this many years, we're, we're going to be friends no matter what. But as just a, a distraction to a good distraction in life, that we've all gotten so busy as we got established into careers that we started families and have everything that goes with that and just the normal things that life throws at us 
Uh, that it, it's nice just to escape into sports and fantasy football and something that we all enjoy. And so I think we've seen that shift over the year. But structurally with the league, we've seen it change a lot of memberships. We've seen it change from a, a 10-team league to a 12-team league. We've seen scoring changes. We've seen a lot of format changes. When we started, it was, I think, just a, a keep three league, if I remember right. And then we slowly added more and more to get to the, the dynasty factor here. We've gone in and out with IRs and, and things like that. So we, we constantly are changing the league. And I mean, that's not really by my design. Um, I just try to keep it open that what's going to be the most fun and the most entertaining for this group, which is why I always solicit for what you guys want for rule changes and then lead us through those discussions and ultimate votes for us. And again, it's, it's not because I'm trying to create a, a perfect league, but more of just what's the perfect league for this group of people. Yeah, that makes, that makes total sense. Are you in other leagues besides our league? I don't know much about people's side leagues. Are you cheating on us? I mean, Elliot, likewise, <laughs> are, are you, what do you, what sort of other leagues are you guys in? I play in two other leagues just to get a little bit of, of different variety. I did my, or I'm in my fourth year, I think, of an elimination league. And that is where the, there are 16 teams and the lowest scoring team every week is eliminated. And then their players go to waivers and everyone can feast on them uh, with their blind bidding dollars and so on until there's just the, the two teams left. And then obviously the victor there is the, the league champ. So it's, it's something different, which is really fun to do, even though I'm absolutely terrible at that. And then I play in a third league, uh, which is similar to our league, but it is developmental players, meaning that you can draft college players. And again, I was just kind of looking for something new, different to, to try out. And this is only my first season with that one, and it's been fun. Um, I have just started this year. My I have a grade school friend that I reconnected with, and he got me into those underdog fantasy leagues that you'll probably see on commercials for on TV. And what they are are best ball leagues, meaning you you know you draft. I think it's eighteen players, and then you draft them and basically forget them and. Because all that you do is they just rack up points based on, you know, they're, if you have five wide receivers on your team, they'll take the points of the best three. That goes on for 13 weeks. And then the really the playoff starts then after that week by week, 14, 15, and 16. So far, I found them really fun. It's nice just to be able to draft them and forget them and... I'm in, like I said, I'm in 15 of those leagues. They cost 25 bucks a piece. Four of them I think I got in for free. So it's really a lot of fantasy football for really not that much money, and it's just a different format to play. It's, it's fun. Wow, that's, those are all really different formats. I'm in two other leagues as well, and they're very traditional ones just like ours. That's an ESPN league, so we used to be hosted on ESPN before we moved to Sleepers, so you all kind of are familiar with the ESPN format, and then the other one is on Sleeper. It's just a 14-team league, and I talked about it on the last podcast. That's the one with my 
my neighbors that I that I really want to beat. I'm playing against a guy that's four and one and leading the league, and I have a chance of beating him this week. So, um, cautiously optimistic. So, uh, John, what do you like most about our league? The people, for sure. I love when we have our our small rivalries and trash talking, and just because you know it's a safe spot and you can just have kind of fun with it. So. I love that we've we've customized this league to make it what it is and that we have such passionate owners that, that people think they care about this. And I think that's really fun. And I, I on draft day, I, I can't remember if everyone was listening or not, but Aaron Getchell talked about it too, that he's never been in a league with owners that care as much as the ones he sees in this league. And that was such a cool thing for me as a commissioner to hear, but also just as a, a member of this league to, to hear that. And I, I definitely echo that sentiment. Elliot, I think it's time to put John on, on the hot seat a little bit. Would, would you hit him with your second question for us? All right, John. For those of you out there that don't know, um, within our league, everyone knows this for sure. But if there's anyone outside of our league listening to this, John has pretty much dominated the league from its inception. I believe, didn't Pat, didn't you say last week that he's never missed the playoffs in the 17 years or 16 years? That, that is correct. John has the most wins all time. He has the most uh, championship trophies all time. He has the most total trophies if you count championship second place and third place. It's pretty remarkable. And to hear you say that you're not very good at the guillotine league, is that what it's called? Or the elimination league? Yeah. It's just funny to hear you say that you're bad at fantasy football in some aspects. So I'd like to hear more. Yeah, I guess my question is, without giving away too many secrets or strategies, what is your strategy when you when you are playing fantasy football? Is it racking up draft picks? Is it using draft picks to get players? Is it... Is it reading certain magazines? Or how, how do you go about, you know, managing your team? Yeah, I guess I won't go through my magazine habits, but um, it's... <laughs> you never know. You never know. The, the, the beauty of fantasy football is that there's so many different strategies and they can be successful. And for me... I probably have one core strategy and I'll get to that in a, a second, but my strategy, like the detailed part of it shifts all the time. And I, I remember going into when we started the league of, of trying one way and then Jake won the first year and I saw how he won and I shifted my strategy and the details of, of what I do is shifting all the time, not only based on what I'm seeing from you know, the actual NFL teams, but also on just what our team or just the teams in our league are doing that, okay, they're valuing this, so I'll need to go this way instead, or they're, you know, now they're, they're doing this and I, I can't do that anymore, so I'll have to find a new way to success. Um, so it's constantly changing on that. And for, for me, and if, <laughs> if you listen to other fantasy football podcasts or read articles, it's the exact opposite of what everyone says. But for me, I just try to put together a team that's going to sustain. And I want to make the playoffs every year, which has been a good successful. But that's always what I'm, I'm trying to do is just think, obviously, for the, the current season, but also some longevity. So I make questionable moves as a championship contender some years in order to keep the longevity of my team going. I'm much more cautious 
to try to do the, the thing of like, hey, you have a chance to win this year. You should put all the chips in to try to win a championship because, you know, banners fly forever. I'm much more that we have less control over fantasy football than you would if you were, were playing or coaching or doing anything like that. And that there's just a certain element of luck in any kind of week. My whole thing is get to the, the, the playoffs and then it's the chip in the chair that anything can happen. And Pat, I mean, you've, you know, the, the best example and you've dug into the the what ifs and, and details of it of the year Getchell won his, his championship and how everything had to break just right and everything had to line up and, and it did. That's just kind of the, the philosophy that I go with of I always just want to get to the playoffs and then, you know, things will, will go where they may go. Can you think of a specific example? I'm going back to something you said earlier where you did something that you shouldn't have, but it seems like, and I'll just say this, it seems like you always make the right move. It seems like if you make a trade or a pickup or a, it almost always works out for you. And so I guess in some ways I agree with your, your luck. Can you think of a specific example or, or a move or a trade you made where you, all the fantasy experts were saying, don't do that, but it worked out for you? I, I, again, more thinking more like philosophically. So last year, I was a, you know, I think at that point of the season, it was late in the season. I was the overall high point scorer. Um, I was in first place in my division. And so as that kind of role, you would think that you'd be doing everything you could to maintain um, as much of a championship contender you would be trying to spend to get into it. If you think about as we got towards the trade deadline last year, the moves I made were trading Joe Mixon and trading Terry McLaurin, both you know guys who, who could have helped with any kind of playoff run or playoff push, but I traded them for first-round picks. That's just kind of an example of my philosophy that I was trying to think, how do I just keep this team going year over year versus how can I just go all in to win it this year? That's interesting because right now I have Joe Mixon and Terry McLaurin on my team. <laughs> <laughs> and I seem to be lacking draft picks. And how are those two players go doing for you, Ali? They're just solid put-ins. They're not going to do anything special for you, but they also aren't going to put in a clunker. You're... Low, low ceiling, high floor. Yeah. And thinking about it right now, could you trade either of those for first-round picks right now? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I could get second round pick out of them, but I don't think I could trade. I don't think anyone would trade a first round pick for them. Let me come clean. I was one of those people who traded a first and a second and a third round pick for Terry McLaurin last year because I was in John's position as likewise. I was actually coming down to the last couple of weeks of the season and I needed a player to win my division and make the playoffs. And McLaurin actually came through for me in one of those last two weeks. I was the one who gave him a first, a second, and a third because I, I needed that wide receiver depth so bad. But yeah, he since has moved on from my team. But, but that, that move worked out for John. You could argue it worked out for you too, Pat, and that's the, oh, oh, for you know, sure. the more chalk way of, of fantasy football that you hear more, you know, quote-unquote, experts relate to. But you know, going back to where I started with all of this, that's, to me, part of the fun of it, that there's different strategies and people can employ them and they can all still be successful and you can have a good time with any of those types of strategies. I think there's probably no greater 
example of that than Chunk, who blows us <laughs> all away by what he does and his trades. And what do we know? He's tied for first. He's going to probably beat me this week. Every time Chunk pulls another trade, we all side-eye each other like, what the, what's going on here? And then it, it just works out for him. By the way, we have an, a third listen from Belgium. So I don't think it's your dad, John. Your dad did come clean and say he, he was the one who tuned in from Germany while he was on a trip with your mom. But we yeah. have a third download from, from Belgium. So either we actually have loyal listeners in Belgium or somebody has like a virtual IP that gets routed through Europe or something. I have no idea why we have another That's so download. crazy. I just checked again this morning and we have a... <laughs> that's bananas. Anyway, I, I have one more question. I just wanted to know, like, you've been the commissioner of this league for 16, 17 years, and you've done a great job of guiding us and leading us, and but also letting us make a lot of our own decisions. I know that the technology has significantly increased from year one to year now in terms of how you commission day-to-day, month-to-month, but how much work is it to be the commissioner of our league? It depends, and as you said, it, it for sure has changed. At the start, it was a lot more than what it is now. Maybe that's just because we're much more of an experienced group too. So that, that helps. The, a lot of the work comes in the off season, collecting rule proposals, figuring out draft days, putting together the whole draft day experience for our league. Those are probably the, the biggest things. And the hardest part for commissioning our league was getting the, the right group of people and understanding where we have people who maybe just aren't bringing in this the same energy or priorities that others in the the league would be looking for and then having to to go through those difficult conversations with those persons of hey you need to step it up or we may need to look for other people to to kind of replace your teams those have probably been the most difficult and taxing things as as a commissioner but Luckily, it's been years since we've had to do anything like that. And right now, the league more or less runs itself aside from those off-season pieces. Without giving up too much emotional or personal information, when those conversations happen with those owners and where you ask them to, to leave the league, has that been a positive conversation or has that been emotional, good or bad? They, they haven't been positive conversations. They definitely are, are challenging on, on both sides. I mean, who imagine coming to you know any of, of of you listening and having to have that conversation? I don't think that it would be something that you would would be welcoming. So it it you know it it has not been the best thing on an individual basis, but I think for the most part it's been what has been best for the league. Well, we appreciate you sticking your neck out there for us. Yeah, that can't be easy. I I totally understand. Are me and Pat safe? <laughs> does this podcast put, keep us in the league for another year i would say yeah the podcast would, would give you an uh, an amnesty uh, i will say that i don't think i have any complaints regarding either of you guys in my complaint folder so you're safe there at least in that aspect also i'd like to see my file someday i want to know uh, but maybe i don't <laughs> he has anyway. them locked up well, in a safe just one more question we've talked to you, John, about being the commissioner and everything, and John, the fantasy football. Uh, what's John like outside of the fantasy football world? What are your 
interests? What else do you like to do? Honestly, right now, John, outside of the fantasy football is, is pretty boring. Work is very intense and, and demanding. So there's a lot of that. And then as, as many of the co-owners on here know, as, as fathers themselves, that's a, a demanding piece that takes over there. And when those aren't the two pieces in, in my life, it's a lot of sports still, football, Obviously, for those who know me, I'm a diehard basketball person. Just now, we're starting to, to get back into travel, Megan and I, my wife. We actually leave for Italy in a week. Really excited to, to get back into that. Those are a few of the, the items that kind of take up the rest of my life right now. Excellent. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on the pod today, John. Looking forward to working with you in the league for many years to come, I don't know if I could ever imagine this not ever happening. There would have to be something pretty significant for this to, I hope, for this to not happen any longer. Agreed. Agreed. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate this and keep up the amazing work. I look forward to this each week. Uh, well, we're glad to do it. Thanks so much, John. Yeah.